I am so happy to finally have this person on my podcast. I discovered her over the pandemic on TikTok, and then I followed her on Instagram because I thought she was so funny. And she also has a really cool podcast called Corporate Pero Latinos. In this episode, we discuss the amazing work she's done in the last year to build a Latinx community in New York City, and how she's using her platform to make an impact and also her plans to continue to grow and turn this into her business. Since launching Corporate Pero Latinos, she's helped build new relationships, both professionally and personally, and she's also helped people find mentorships in this community, which helped them excel in their careers. She shared with me what her inspiration was and just how her idea of the American dream was changed after her experience in corporate America. This is Sophia. Hi, my name is Sophia Sarate. I was actually born and raised in Laredo, Texas, which is a border town, but I am of Mexican descent. Both my parents are Mexican. My mom is from Guadalajara, Jalisco. Um, so that's usually where I go visit <laughs> once a year. And my dad is from Mexico City. Um, so did your parents move here? Like, can you talk more about like when they came over and? Yeah, it's a little crazy because I was kind of like back and forth when I was very little. But so I was born in Laredo, Texas. And when I was born, my parents were already in the process of separating, basically. Um, my mom had moved to Texas with my dad. So my dad moved to Texas uh, when he was very young, you know, to like uh, try and get that American dream. He would go back and forth between Mexico and Texas. And so in one of his visits to Jalisco, he met my mom and they fell in love, blah, 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 got married. And then my mom ended up moving with him to Texas. But she's very, very attached to her family and her roots and, you know, the typical Mexican daughter. Like, if she's not married, she's living at home. <laughs> so she she never got accustomed to the life in the U.S. and was, like, kind of depressed and stuff. And so when I was born and they were separating, she moved back and brought me and my siblings with her. And between the ages of, like, four and eight, we were back and forth, you know, trying because my dad would be like, oh, like, please, like, let them live here because they'll have a better life. But then it was also like, we wanted to be with our mom's side of the family. And so we tried that a couple of times until at the age of nine, I like was asked, you know, if I wanted to go and live with my dad, like I was given the option for once. And even though I sort of didn't want to, I said yes. <laughs> and then okay, ever so we're starting up. we're starting early with the the childhood trauma conversations i love it 100 <laughs> like, percent. no you're yeah, nine like... uh where do you want to go your mom or your dad yeah no like my childhood was so dramatic but yeah so then when i was nine i moved back and i basically left my family behind because i'm not close to my dad's side at all um and it was very weird because I moved in with my dad and he was sort of like a stranger to me. So it took a while to build that father-daughter relationship. But, you know, ever since I like stayed in Texas and that's where 
I say I basically grew up. Wow, that's crazy. So mm -hmm. you like nine years old, come over here, and then you're almost like starting over. Did you, um, did you learn English when you were nine? Or do you feel like because you were back and forth, you kind of like picked up? Yeah, so when I was like a toddler, like when I started speaking, I guess I would mix it. And my mom always tells me like, I would ask for things like, quiero milk. Or very Spanglish of me, <laughs> since I was little. <laughs> my my preferred method of communication <laughs> was Spanglish from the get go. Oh my god, it's amazing! I don't think I started Spanglish until I was like in my teens, because I was like, "How do you say this?" That's really funny. Yeah, and so cute. And, but but so that's how I would ask for things, right? But it's not like I could really speak English. Uh, I basically forgot like how to speak English and a lot of English words. So when I moved back to Texas, I had to like relearn English. And it's funny because I remember I had this one teacher that she was so kind and like really liked me. So she would like give her whole lesson in English and then she would come to me and basically like repeat everything she said in Spanish. And oh I was like, oh my God, you're an angel. God, <laughs> I love that. I, oh my God, yeah. I would have never had that in my life. Yeah, and I was, wow. I know it's like hard to believe, but I was like a very shy girl in elementary when I was in Texas because I was so scared of like being made fun of or something because I would say something wrong or like my accent or something. So, yeah little kids are mean you know so yeah it took a I, while to like get out of that show what I've learned from talking to different people is just like how cruel little kids can be um yes and what's sad is that like it's not it's not something that they were born with it's something that they've learned you know so when you so you're now here in New York City when <laughs> did you decide to come out here and kind of just like leave Texas was that earlier on or or is that more new so I initially came to New York City through this National Student Exchange Program. Uh, this was during my sophomore year of college. And it was the type of program where you could go to like any other state and pay and state tuition for that semester. I always thought that at some point in my life, I would find myself living in New York City because I'm one of those people that believes in that saying, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And I yeah. always talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I thought this was the perfect opportunity, you know, for me to get like a four month trial in a way to see if I would actually like it as a local rather than a tourist, because we both know that's a very different experience. Oh my God. So um, different. Like I'm not going to the Empire State Building on the weekends to like <laughs> take pictures. Exactly. <laughs> or like taking cabs and like going to like all these touristy places every week like no thank you I only take the ferry and go to Times Square when like family visits <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god wait are you talking about the Staten Island ferry yeah like... so you gotta take them to see the statue because it's not worth paying for because it's free because <laughs> that's free yeah wait I thought that was just like my family that's hysterical no because they're like oh yeah they they were trying to set up this thing to like go and see the statue I'm like no 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 like it's not worth it we're gonna go on the the Staten Island Ferry and you're gonna see it take your picture and that's good enough you know going back to like me trying to get that local experience 
it was just a huge culture shock at first and I was so homesick I like didn't even think I was gonna survive a month here to be honest but really yeah yeah I I remember like the first day that I was here I was out and about like trying to explore but then you know I was like trying to take the train and I was out like walking and waiting to cross the street and some like cat collar was outside and it was already dark and like not many people were out and I remember having like my headphones on but I could hear someone screaming at me and I was like um okay so I didn't take him off but I like paused my music to hear and he was like turn around you fucking cunt I know you can hear me and I was like oh my god I literally thought he was like coming for my life but I mean you know, obviously, a lot of times they're they're just like all talk. <laughs> oh my god! And yeah, you're like this that's... little like, how old are you in your sophomore year? I like, was nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I was nineteen and scared and like this huge city. You know, I was like, oh my god! And I moved here with just like two suitcases, so I didn't have like a pillow or sheets like my first night here. So I literally used like a jacket as a pillow. And I remember, it's so sad, like, thinking about it. Like, I was there, like, trying to go to sleep crying. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? (laughs) Like, if you were here on a school program, why did they not offer you a bed? (laughs) Like, (laughs) did you just, like, Like, go into an empty apartment? (laughs) No housing. (laughs) No, so I actually actually, um, had to dorm. But, you know, like, you have the dorm and, like, the bed and whatever, like, those ugly ass beds that they give you in the door oh my God, right? it's like a prison it's literally yeah, a prison yeah. when you get there you're like um yeah it's like you're sleeping on the floor <laughs> but um but they don't give you like a pillow or sheets oh yeah no duh, that makes sense so you had to like yeah. do that all when you got here and you're probably like i want to go out i don't want to go to bed bath and beyond yet <laughs> Yeah, so I waited till the next day, of course, but it was just, like, that picture in my head, I'll never forget it, because I was just like, oh my god, I want to go home. (laughs) But I'm glad that you are are here. I want to talk about all the amazing things that you've done with, like, content creator, your podcast, and just, like, the amazing impact you've made so far in this community, both, Mm -hmm. like, for Latinos and Latinas. I don't think we've really talked about this, but did everything kind of start with TikTok? Yeah. So I remember the first time that someone asked me this, I was like, wait, hold on, let me try to remember because it's been so long now. (laughs) But so I guess almost two years ago, I was like a huge fan of Mrs. Dow Jones. I don't know if you've ever heard of her or like follow her on Instagram, but she's like this self-proclaimed financial pop star. Yes, yes. Yep. Okay. So, you know, for some background, she like educates a lot of people by merging personal finance with pop culture explanations and I always loved that you know I was like oh my gosh she like actually makes it easy to kind of understand these um because I was in fine in like accounting and finance right so I'm like she actually makes it kind of easy to understand what like equity means or something like that and I remember being like I wish there was an account like hers which referenced Latino culture so that's basically like yes. where my idea kind of like came to life. But yeah, one day I was just like, you know what? Maybe I'll make it happen. And I didn't really have 
a vision for it. I would just kind of post pictures. And I remember like I was trying to create the account on Instagram and I was trying to use just corporate Latina, uh, but it was already taken and I was like, fuck. (laughs) But then it just like, I feel like it made more sense at, like now thinking back just saying like corporate pero latina because it's sometimes it feels a little like those two are mutually exclusive right so I would just kind of post pictures here and there and like random memes on Instagram that I thought were relatable to Latinos who had probably any sort of corporate background um, but I was at like 200 followers forever and you know I was like okay um like I was one of those people that thought TikTok was dumb for the longest time also until one day one of my best friends from Texas was like Sophia you should start a stock talk and of course I was like what the fuck is a stock talk so whatever she like wait what is it I don't know (laughs) yeah so she she basically explained right that I could create a profile and have like a stock market education be my niche and she sent me a few examples of like some girls that like explained it in simpler terms, you know, because it's always the guys explaining it and you're like, okay, but can you say it in English? So that's what she wanted me to do. And that's how I ended up on TikTok. And I just used my same like corporate pero Latina name. But I don't know, I like posted a few videos here and there, but it wasn't that fun to post about that stuff, especially because like, I understand the basics of the stock market, but I'm not like a stock market expert. So when I would go to my For You page, all the content that I was seeing was either corporate or dating videos or like first gen videos. But I like wasn't seeing any creators that had all of those in one. And I decided to like, start trying to create content that portrayed all of those experiences I guess in one account I it was like last summer I think that I was thinking about deleting my corporate pro Latina accounts because I just didn't feel like I was really making much of an impact probably just because like I didn't have the following that I thought you needed to have an impact and then I, I had gotten so busy at work. I like started dating this guy. So I was like, all right, maybe I'm just like not that relatable. <laughs> I guess I wasn't like inspired enough to like post a lot, but I was still posting and like um, just not as often right now. I like throw three videos in one day and shit, but <laughs> I didn't end up deleting it for some reason. And then later I was actually going through my first job transition so like interviewing a lot so like people can really use you know that like interviewing experience or interviewing advice or whatever if they're going through it and then ultimately I was like going through a breakup with that guy and I was taking it really really hard that was what sort of made me use TikTok as an outlet to get distracted from all that And so I was like on TikTok a lot more, just like either watching videos, you know, laughing or creating videos of my own. And all of a sudden I just like started going viral and getting more followers and stuff. And I guess that's when like my new vision for Corporate Pro Latina began. Because you were actually (laughs) taking time 
for yourself and you were trying to distract but like it turned into something that was actually your passion yeah like now thinking back to it you know it was it was a time when I was I guess very sad in my personal life um but now I'm glad you know that I went through that because it led to all this that I'm doing now like you mentioned I was like I'm not getting TikTok like that's so stupid and then (laughs) I signed up or whatever I made an account and I was like yo this is hysterical (laughs) like I was I could not get off of it and then that's when I found like Hello Teffy and Rico Taquito and Eyebrows Hector and I was like how does how does TikTok know what my algorithm is you know like these guys are first gen Latinos like and then I found you like that's kind of what my like happy place was where I felt like I was almost nostalgic in a way because I never had content like that where I could like relate to it and then I saw your stuff and I was dead like I (laughs) sent your stuff to my brother so many times because it was just so freaking hilarious and then you also did stuff with your brother Uh, yeah I think so that was one of the videos that kind of like got me a lot of my following um it was like a diversity hire a video but you know you're like speaking with that broken English to your coworker, and it was just so funny and like honestly it was so fun to record it and I'm like I love doing this like I genuinely love making TikTok <laughs> and you're so good at it like you are genuinely very you do it very well which I think some people just do it because they want to become viral but when you do it because it's something that you're genuinely passionate about and you're enjoying. I think that's what differentiates people who like don't become successful in these platforms versus those who do. hundred percent. Were there any specific TikTokers that like inspired you specifically during your, you know, journey? Yeah, I feel like there are so many, you know, that I've come across, but to name a few, I think in terms of me finding them relatable or funny, I've always loved Erica Priscilla. I don't know if you follow her, but she's like this girl that cracks me up with literally all her videos. Um, no, I don't know. I'm going to have to follow her. Oh my, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you, I'll, like her profile to you. It's, she's so funny. Um, corporate Natalie, of course, because with her, it was Oh my like, God, yes, yes. Because she she is so relatable and she's also like around my age. But I was also like, you know, once I started growing, I was like, um, how do I follow in her footsteps? You know, she's like getting that money. (laughs) In terms of like other content creators that I've enjoyed following or like getting to talk to, um, I've always really enjoyed following... Uh, Gigi the first gen mentor because she's a great educator but also such a savage Mexican woman I don't <laughs> know her a... I have to oh really? man, you have to send me all of these yeah yeah I think oh, my my TikTok's been getting stale <laughs> or maybe my it's Instagram funny because, too. because like I follow all these creators and like I talk to them so when I talk to other people I'm like oh yeah you know like Gigi the first gen mentor and they're like who's that and I'm like wait what <laughs> And then um, there's this girl, Gina Moreno. She is a Latina in tech. And I just feel like as soon as I connected with her, I was like, okay, we're besties. <laughs> um, and then Jorge Alvarez, he has a lot of content around. It's more like mental health and breaking generational cycles. You know, he's also first gen. 
but he was also just like the first person to reach out to me when he noticed that I was growing on TikTok and whatnot and he offered so much advice and to this day he's like super supportive and encouraging so he's definitely one of my favorites that is so nice that like you have this community like you're building your brand and you're building things that you're really passionate about and then you have people reaching out to you like actively wanting to mentor you I feel like that's usually not heard of and I feel like people are usually gatekeepers you know because they want to like keep all this information to themselves but I love to hear that they are kind of taking you under their wing to succeed yeah it's actually been like very very helpful because when you start when you start posting content on TikTok, you don't do it thinking about, you know, oh, it might become a business. But then if you start growing, like sometimes brands just reach out to you and, you know, they'll send you like a contract to sign and you're like, wait, what, like, what does this word mean? Or like, uh, I remember with one brand that they were like, okay, so you can send us um, your invoice and then we'll pay you by the end of the month or whatever. And I was like, what how do I even send an invoice like I need a manager <laughs> yeah I was like where do I go to send an invoice <laughs> um so it's just little things like that and also you know there are brands that will take advantage of you and try to underpay you so all those things and I feel like there are actually a lot of creators who are very outspoken about that and they do try to help you rather than gatekeeping our generation grew up wanting to be in corporate America. I feel like the next generation is growing up to be like an influencer. Our American dream was to work a nine to five in an office with air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, right. And the new like generation's crazy. like, I want to get invited to Coachella. <laughs> like, that's yeah, and mean. and get paid to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you were younger, when did you realize that? there was this American dream that we had to reach. Uh, yeah, so I honestly had never heard of the American dream until whatever history class teaches you about it. <laughs> then, you know, obviously that's like different to a lot of people, but it's it's a, it's very focused on, you know, immigrants. And when, I guess when I learned about it, that's when I started thinking, you know, like relating it to my dad and being like, oh shit, like you're sort of like the epitome of the American dream. And I always tell him that because he like, he had to go through a lot of hardships, you know, to get to where he's at. But now, you know, he's well off and like had his house, his kids, like the whole, what people would see as the American dream for a long time I was like okay so that's the American the American dream right but if you were to ask me now what the American dream means to me it's not at all that (laughs) yeah it's definitely not the white picket fence I thought it was when I was in high school I was like I'm gonna grow Mm -hmm. up and buy a house and have a husband and kids and live in a like a house with a fence like that's what I aspired to be and now I'm like that is the opposite of what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like our parents, like that's all they wanted in a way, I think. I don't know. At least like in my Mexican family, they see that as like, okay, you made it. Like you're successful if you have yeah. that life. Yeah. It's interesting that like buying a house to immigrants or at least in my family was 
the um like was success if you own a house you are considered successful whereas today i'm like if you own a house you're probably broke because now you own a house you know yeah and like um nobody ever talked to me about a mortgage no <laughs> no one ever told me about investments to buy a house is just a huge like almost inconvenience in my in my opinion and my honest opinion like everyone has their own definition of what success is okay you have a job you have a house you have kids and now as adults we're like wait there's so much more right like this american dream scope just got way bigger yeah exactly and i think it's also you know our at least my parents definition of success I think is mostly tied to uh, your career and your social status because Mm -hmm. you know that's what they learned and that's what they saw growing up yeah but so if they were to see me having you know this corporate finance job uh, owning a house right which is like owning property having a husband and this whole life right that is portrayed to people they would be like my daughter is very successful but yeah what cost you know that like to me that she goes to therapy and she is on medication (laughs) exactly it's like that's always my follow-up question like people tell me like oh this person is very successful and I'm like okay but at what cost like do they love their job do they have enough time for themselves like are they depressed because all they do is work and like they don't even have time to date you know like all those things that actually bring happiness to someone my definition of success is very different and I would say mine is the relationship part like do you have friends who really care about you do you have family who really cares about you if you have a partner or not, whatever, but, like, if you do have a partner, is it a healthy relationship, right? Like, or mm-hmm. are you just getting married just you are married? Like, that kind of sucks, and I've seen that happen many times where I'm like, eh, that's not a good idea, but you want to paint this picture that you have everything. It's sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are Oh, speaking a little Spanish on the podcast. <laughs> Getting Spanglish in here. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go back to Corporate Latinas, New York City. I've, I don't know if I sent you like a sappy text message or whatever, but I see that other people have. And I think it's so fucking cool that when I actually entered the group, I think it was at 500 people and now it's like over a thousand people in this group. Can you just explain what it is and like, why you created it and what you've seen it become so far because I have to say I'm very impressed but I want it I want you to explain it yeah it's it's been so amazing and I always get a little emotional talking about it just because when I so in the fall right like last fall I was desperately like seeking connection with other Latinas who lived in New York City and had this sort of uh, first gen corporate background experience and I wasn't finding that at work I wasn't finding that like whenever I went out or through you know my existing friendships right like I love my friends but I was like I want like Latina friends too <laughs> and um, so at that point 
my following was big enough to where I could post a TikTok video and probably, you know, get some response. So one night I just like randomly posted a video saying like, if you're a Latina living in New York City and work in corporate, would you be, let me know if you'd be down to like meet up and connect if I set something up, right? And it started going viral. And I was like, oh, shit, I thought I was going to get like 10, 15 girls and like have this little group of friends, <laughs> right, like for the future. And it started blowing up and people were like, oh, my God, me, 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 like, yes, please, we need this. And even people from like other states and stuff were like, oh, I wish like we had this in L.A. or San Francisco, or whatever. And so I created initially I created the Facebook group. Um and that's where people started joining. Uh, but then a lot of people were like, oh, we are never on Facebook. We don't use it enough. So sometimes like if you pose, like we might not see it. Um, and someone recommended using Discord, which now I'm like in love with. I had never heard of it, but it's sort of like a Slack. To this day, like sometimes I ask people like, oh, are you on Discord? And they're like, what's that? Um, but it's it's so great because you can have like the big umbrella, right? Which in our discord it's just called corporate latinas and under it there are so many channels which is basically like group chats um and we have all like like general um age ranges we have um like under new york city like each borough and then there are like some girls you know from other cities or states that are in it and obviously most of the events are planned in New York City so they don't go to those but they're like in the discord and um there's like a whole section for industries where people get like you know advice on like stuff that they're going through in their job or in their industry or trying to like make career switches etc and so it's just amazing because like when I post about it I feel like people think oh you're just going out and drinking all the time but when we're not doing that it's it's happening you know, on Discord where we're discussing all these things or um, like connecting with people and like planning coffee dates or whatever. Yeah, it's it's become this huge network now. I had a lot of people ask, or not ask, but, you know, just saying like, oh, I hope this doesn't die out because this is great. And so I'm like, all right, <laughs> I owe it to my... <laughs> to my Latina self that was desperately seeking this right to like keep up with it and so I'm constantly the one that plans like the bigger events and stuff but now it's like it, it's like running by itself in a way because within the different groups right like sometimes girls plan their own like brunch or outing to hang out um, there's a book club that I'm not a part of <laughs> but I know they like meet every now and then so yeah it's just been amazing and I think there are so many women in the group who feel very lucky to have found this community and a lot of them have genuinely thanked me for creating it and like making sure that it didn't die out so it's honestly very rewarding and I feel like at every event that I host I always take a moment to just stop whatever I'm doing and look around and take it all in, you know, because it's like, bitch, you did this. Oh, that's so nice. And I was just getting emotional, <laughs> like, <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> I think it's a perfect way to seek out 
new connections. And I think that's what I was so interested in because, yeah, I can make a friend at work and whatever. But when you have like this pool of people and everyone's like so welcoming and kind and like a Rolodex of like, hey, I want to do this and I want to learn more about this and like I can reach out to this person and they can help me or we can meet up or whatever. Like just building that safe community is huge because like you mentioned before, I wasn't finding those type of people where I was working. I feel like we all crave that social interaction. I love it. And and I like, it took me a while to create a guys group just because I always thought it would be kind of weird if it was like, oh, a woman leading it or whatever. But I created it and now, so now there's a guys group. It's like a lot less people. Um, but I feel like eventually, hopefully, they'll have the same type of community slash network that, like, the women have now. Okay, so where do you want to see it go? Like, what's the dream for Corporate Pero Latina? Like, hmm. what's your what's your <laughs> hope for it? So, you know, I was I was actually just thinking about that conversation we had when we had dinner with Christina. Um about whether or not we'd enjoy fame and whatnot <laughs> and you were like no 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 I would never want to be famous um, I couldn't handle it I don't want it <laughs> I'd yeah. rather just I'd rather just like all your things and comment but I, I couldn't do it now <laughs> you're like I'd rather make you famous <laughs> when you want to become famous just hire me I'll be on your team <laughs> But I wouldn't mind continuing to grow as a creator and becoming like this macro influencer, which is, you know, you have just a way bigger following. Um, because I I feel like influence can be used for good, you know, and if I had that kind of influence, I feel like there would be so much more that I could do. Um, I also definitely have this goal of monetizing my social media. I've started doing so but you know it's not like I'm making thousands of dollars and um, so I want to yeah, like you're not going to quit it. your nine to five job for this right exactly now. yeah like that's my bill pay <laughs> so but I do have this goal of monetizing it to the point where I can pay off a good chunk of my student loans because that's my biggest burden and it might take a while to be able to start doing that but I definitely think that it's possible I just have to like pitch myself more and whatnot to brands and then as for my corporate Latinos community that's like what I have like big dreams for I guess I I want to keep doing the podcast right to amplify more voices and I do have some loose plans as of now for making it an actual organization which would have members from all over the U.S. and continue having all these professional and social events, but all over and not just in New York City. I honestly think you will get there. And I hope that you continue because you're doing really impactful work and you have a great following, right? Like your followers love you versus I think sometimes like influencers become famous because people hate them you know like people just love oh to my hate. god yeah. you're making them rich so it's like you're actually helping them yeah and I I hope that you you know continue this because it's it's just a huge it's a huge opportunity and 
similar with this podcast, right? It's like amplifying people's voices who are first mm-hmm. gen. But what my hope is that it reaches people who are first gen and are trying to figure out their shit. Yeah. And they might not have the resources or the mentors or the guidance. And like, I want to have conversations on like, how did you start? How did you apply to college? How did you get to where you are? Right? Like, what is what is the American dream? Yeah, and I think a big part of that is just me wanting people to realize that, you know, this corporate dream that they sell you in college isn't always like what it seems to be, right? Like, it depends on your personality. Like, maybe you start your corporate job and you love it and that's so great. But I want people to hear, you know, real stories and experiences from people in corporate America who have our backgrounds and stuff so that they at least have a realistic idea of what it is. Because I remember going to these like networking events and workshops and seeing all these speakers and it's all like, you know, their companies pay them to attend. And so obviously they're going to go and like talk wonders about it. Right. And so the students leave thinking like, Oh yeah, like my dream is to, for example, like work at a big four, right? Like that's how it was for me. And then you start and you're like, oh shit, wait, this is not at all like my internship. <laughs> Mine was like, I want to work like for, I want to work in marketing or PR for like a big company. And then I went and I worked for American Express for six years. And I was like, I can't believe that this was my dream, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, it was yeah. a great company I was... and I made most of my friendships there. Like it was a great experience. It was like I was like I can't believe this was what was sold to me 100% I agree like you know that that like controversial topic I guess where people talk about whether a college degree is worth it or not it's I could literally have like an hour conversation on this because it's it's hard to say you know if if you're like set on what you want and you're so sure of it and what whatever like sure I think it's worth it even if you have to take student loans and and you know going through that college experience really changes you also and makes you grow up a little bit um but if you're someone who has no idea what they want to do with their life it's hard to say like yeah like you have to go to you should go to college because like that's what people should do because how are you going to tell someone that has no idea what they want to do with their life like okay, pick a me like choose right now what you want to do for the rest of your life. Exactly. And you're like 17 it's, years old. I'm like, what? I was supposed to pick yeah. a major? <laughs> Especially if you're one of those people who has, who's going to have to take out student loans, you know? And that's like something that I hate that, you know, in our education system, we, we don't know yeah. when we're forcing these people to like make a decision and take out a when out you're a kid. Yeah. 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 And a, it's a big expense. Like it's not a joke and it's hard. But I also think like the, oh, my dog's barking now, the college versus no college conversation also comes from like, <laughs> she won't shut the fuck up now. <laughs> um, it also comes from like, if you're first gen, you better fucking go to college, you know? Like, you better say that my parents worked hard so that I could go to college. The Latin older generation might think it's, like, you better go to college and, like, college is a way out. 
versus if you grew mm -hmm. up in America, your parents grew up in America, you're, you know, you don't have to worry about college um, loans or student loans or whatever. You could be like, actually, I'm going to take a couple years off and go, <laughs> go travel the world. And that's totally fine. Right. And like figure myself out. But like as first gen, like, I don't know that that was an option. Like you, you'd almost be like, oh, of course she didn't go to college. Like she's a Latina kind of thing is what I felt that would have people would have said, you know? Yeah. Because I think it's that big pressure, right? Because you don't want to fit that stereotype of the uneducated Latino or Latina. And so all your parents want, you know, is for you to have an education and like fit their uh, idea of success. But I think it's hard. It's so hard because we have so many of us who go to college and, you know, pick a major that you think is the right one. And then once you start your career, you realize like, oh, oh my God, like I made a mistake because this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So my last question, now that you know everything you know and everything we've talked about, what advice mm -hmm. would you give your younger self at like 10 years old? 10, I would probably just say be kind to people. And when you're little, you're so selfish. But I feel like there were some people when I was around that age that I was probably a bit of a mean girl too out of resentment. And I think it was more so because I was like, a hurt or like scared little girl going through all these like really tough experiences right so I was like being rough I guess to the world well Sophia thank you so much for coming to chat with me this was so much fun um I know that there's so much more that you're going to be doing and I'm really excited to just like watch you on this journey I will be supporting you from this side always and if you need like a PR team just let me know I'll be here for you <laughs> Um, um, I'm going to hold you accountable. <laughs> um, so yeah. where can people, where can people find you on Instagram, TikTok, and if you want to give a little background on your podcast as well? Yeah. So I'm on both Instagram and TikTok as corporate Pero Latina. Um, and I also have like an Instagram and TikTok account separately for the podcast because the podcast is corporate Pero Latinos. Uh, I just wanted to include both you know, men, women, non-binary uh, people that I could find um, to amplify their voices through the podcast, right? And I'll be your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for having me. Um, you're amazing. I'm so happy that I got to, like, meet you, and I'm so happy that you are now in my life. I feel like we were just, like, meant to be friends. <laughs> Um, I'm going to hold you accountable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be your agent, basically. Like, I'll just call it now. 